ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the daily dimensions podcast i am your host smitty back always with another one man thank you for uh tuning in again this week and uh, i appreciate all the support and the love that you showed the last week's episode we had a special guest tayshanelle on the show man sharing her journey of endometriosis man and i thank her again for being so open so honest so transparent it's not easy to get on here and talk about something as heavy as endometriosis but for her to share that piece of herself thank you again for that tay that episode is doing that episode is doing numbers man so go back and listen to it it's out on all platforms and uh continue to share continue to comment like subscribe if you're listening on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, go in there rate us five stars tell a friend to tell a friend we only getting bigger and better each and every week man so thank you for that go run that up for me so uh as we get into this episode this week it's, it's, it's been some recent developments in my life this week. It's been a while since we had a little story time since I talked about some things that's going on in my life outside of like, OK, goals and some things I got going on. You know, you know, I'm with Shark Bay Fitness, you know, people keeping me accountable. It's been a journey. It's tough. <laughs> it's definitely tough. But outside of that, you know, I was going to talk about something else this week, but figure let me let me just talk about what's going on recently in my life this week. So Friday, I gave my job my two week notice, man. It is time for me to get up out of there. And I had been at my job for some time, uh, almost two years. And for me, that's a long time because I don't, if I'm not feeling a place, I don't stay that long. So for me to stay as long as I have, and to have put up with some of the things that I've dealt with there for me to stay as long as I have. That's a lot for me. Um, and we're going to get into some of those things later on in this episode. But um, it was getting crazy, y'all. <laughs> it was getting crazy, man. So I guess starting from the beginning. Right. My I got a best friend named Isaiah. I have two best friends named Isaiah. Actually, it's odd how life worked out that way. But this other Isaiah, <laughs> a different Isaiah. He was working at the same place I worked at. And um, I was looking for a job at the time. I needed work, blah, 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 blah. You know, I was about to turn 26 at the time. I was like, I need health insurance. I can't be on my mom insurance. You know how that go. Life come at you fast, man, <laughs> when 26 is around the corner. So I applied to his job, you know, and they didn't know that we knew each other. I wanted to get the job on my own merit. And also, he wasn't necessarily in the greatest standing at the job at the time. So I was like, I couldn't even really use him as the greatest of references. So I was like, all right, I got to get this job off the muscle, man, off my own merit. So applied, went through like two and a half interviews. I want to call it a half because it was the third one wasn't even really like a real thing. It was kind of like a walk around, but got the job started the day before my birthday. So uh, it was it was an interesting experience, man. And he was always telling me, you know, yeah, this place is this and this place is that. And like he was telling me, like, you know, some of the frustrations he was dealing with at the job, some of the things he was going through. But during my little 90 day probation period, I was like, I'm not experiencing none of that. It's, I don't I don't see what you're talking about. It's not that bad. I don't know what you mean, bro. And like I could see how they were doing certain things to him. But as far as my experience, I was like, oh, well, I mean, they ain't doing it to me. I'm fine. Like, it's it's really not that bad. I'm just chilling. <laughs> and it, they were paying me the most money I'd ever been paid 
at any job. I got benefits. I got PTO. Everything is smooth. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. This ain't that bad. And it wasn't bad until it got bad. (laughs) It wasn't bad till it got bad. So slowly but surely, you know, the micromanaging began um, just people talking to you certain ways and just hearing things. It just wasn't good. Like during my probation period, you know, I needed keys because different doors have locks on. We need keys to get into certain areas, X, Y, Z. I needed work keys. They had already had the keys made out for me and my other coworker that had started the same time as I did. You know, we were both new, but we kept borrowing other people's keys to get into where we needed to. Because I guess they were waiting the 90 days before they gave us a necessary tool to do our job. I didn't really understand that. So somewhere in that 90 day period, I approached my supervisor and I'm like, hey, do you know when it, me and uh, so-and-so will be able to get keys? And she was like, what do you need keys for? <laughs> and immediately in my head, I'm like, to do my job. What you mean? What do I need keys for? Like, it's a necessary tool for my job that's like saying to a firefighter yeah why do you need a fire suit and an extinguisher like to do my job what do you mean why do i need keys so i had to go do something else to go help somebody in a different area and she was like oh yeah can you come back upstairs and talk to me at like 3 30 and i was like well hopefully if i'm done with you know whatever i had to do because it was necessary that i did it i'll come back up and I could be here for 3.30, but it may be 4 o'clock. It may be later. And she was like, does it take that long? And I was like, yes, <laughs> it takes that long. And she was like, okay, well, if you can make it up here by 3.30, I'll give you your keys then. That'll be incentive for you to come get your keys. And I, she ain't see it on my face, but I was tight. I was tight. We ain't had mask at the time, so I couldn't really hide my face. I had to turn around. <laughs> that's that's the one good thing about these masks during this pandemic. I can make these faces and people don't see it. But the fact that she was trying to incentivize me to come get a necessary tool for my job, like it was just it was little stuff like that that just would irk your soul. Just be like, yo, it's it's not the job. It was never the job. The job was never that hard we were doing great things and I could see the impact I was having on people's lives in that job. I felt I was really good at it, but it's just something like it's a saying that says people don't leave jobs. They leave managers. It was the management. It was just little stuff like that. And then she micromanaged and just ask you random questions and just pop in to make sure you actually doing the work that she told you to do. And it was like, come on, man. It it was terrible. It was, it, it was a lot. And I never felt so, stifled at a job I I must say this was probably top two maybe number one worst job experience I had simply off the strength of the management and then moving forward you know it was this time last year April of last year they let my friend Isaiah go and that's my best friend and they they let <laughs> they let, we were working from home. I don't know how you get let go working from home. It was really some nonsense in the heat of the pandemic. Like it was this was when everybody was afraid the roads was clear. It wasn't no traffic. It was beautiful back then. Like <laughs> you could get wherever you wanted to go. And they let my man's go on his on a day off. We was working from home. It was like it wasn't really nothing. I promise you we did not have that much to do. And they let my man's go. And I felt a way about that because after they let him go, 
they moved me from my position and put me into his position. And now granted, they didn't know that we were best friends, but to see how I was being treated in the job, to see everything he went through in the job and then to watch them fire him and then give me his job. It's like, OK, well, it's only a matter of time before they do to me what they did to him. And it was just hard to, like, stomach that, like to see all of that happening. That's just a lot of ways they moved that just didn't necessarily make sense. were kind of foul. And it's like it just was tough to come in every day. And it's like, yo, y'all really just fired my man. It's like they let they would. They was ready to let people go for anything, man. <laughs> and the reason he got let go was really trivial. To In my eyes, he really didn't do anything wrong. But I think, you know, sometimes things happen for the best, man. And he ended up in a, in a way better situation with way better management. So the story did end well. It ended on a positive note. But it was just a buildup of, of incident after incident after incident after incident. And it's like... It even got to a point one day where I got into an argument with my executive director that didn't even really have to be an argument. You know, uh, anybody that knows me, I'm a passionate person. So if I'm talking about anything I'm passionate about, you're going to hear it in my voice. And she had asked me a question in a staff meeting and I answered it. And I guess the passion in my voice, I don't know, made her feel away, made her. And she was like, oh, yeah, you need to bring it down. I'm like. I'm only res she had responded to me really strong in the beginning. And I said, I'm only responding <laughs> with the same energy that you gave. And then it went back and forth. And I was like, you just you're you were coming off really strong. So if I sounded strong, it was only in response to that. She was like, oh, well, I'm a strong woman. And bottom. I'm like, OK, that's nice. What does that mean? And we was it was it was really unnecessary. It, it went a direction that. It didn't have to go. Then she was like, oh, you're personalizing it. And it, it was some nonsense at that place, man. It, <laughs> it was really some nonsense. And it, it wasn't the best use of my talents. I wasn't necessarily fulfilling my purpose. And we're going to get more into that later, you know. Um, but it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't a good spot, man. And I'm saying all this to say that. You can't stay at a job. You know, the pay may be great. The benefits may be great. But are you fulfilling your purpose? You know, the purpose that you have on your life, the dreams that you have for yourself, you know, hopefully your dreams and your purpose line up with one another. But are you fulfilling your purpose? And a lot of times we find ourselves at jobs feeling stuck. And if you're feeling stuck in the workplace, nine times out of 10, it's because that is not your purpose. That is not what God puts you on this earth to do. It's probably not something that you're passionate about and is not the best use of your use of your talents or your abilities. So if you're ever feeling stuck at a job, really sit there and evaluate. Is this my purpose? Is this what I was put on this earth to do? Is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? If I had to do nothing else but this five days a week, 40 hours a week plus for the next 40 years, would I be cool with this? And a lot of us is probably going to say no. And it may be good for a season. It may be good for a time. But ultimately, your purpose is way bigger than any paycheck 
than any W-2, than any stimulus check, than any thing that you could receive from an employer just in any facet. Your purpose is so much bigger than that. And I know a lot of people struggle with purpose, you know, but we, we talked about it in a, a earlier episode about purpose. And if you're someone who's still struggling to find that, uh, listen to that episode, Passion to Purpose with Tyler Harris. We talked a lot about that. Um, there's also another episode, Difficult, Not Impossible. That is a great episode to, that, that helps with purpose. But your job is not always your purpose. And if you feel stuck, it's because you're not fulfilling your purpose in that workplace, no matter how great the benefits may be. They may give you 20 weeks of vacation. You getting paid eighty thousand dollars a year and they give you a company car and like it. But you can have all these benefits, all these riches, all these things to gain. But if you're not fulfilling your purpose, it's not worth it. And when you're so fulfilled, when you achieve your purpose and you're working in your purpose, it no longer becomes about the money. You know, when they say, oh, yeah, find a job you like and you'll never work a day in your life. Really, what they mean in that that quote is if you find your purpose, you'll be so fulfilled that it's not about the money. <laughs> it's it, when you walk into your purpose and step into it, the money will come because and I don't I don't want to mislead anybody that. Yeah, if you're walking in your purpose, it don't require money. <laughs> Anything good that happens, anyone who's fulfilling a purpose, anyone who's done anything positive or affected the world in any way, it required resources. It, <laughs> you needed money. You know, even one of my coworkers now, uh, he spoke to me. He's an older gentleman. He's in his 60s, I think. 60s, I believe. And he used to live in North Carolina. And when Martin Luther King was traveling up north, to go to the March on Washington, he stopped in his town that he lived in of North Carolina and the church that he was a part of their job for when Martin Luther King and all these people driving up there, riding up there stopped was to make sandwiches for all these people traveling. And it is money required <laughs> to make all these sandwiches, to get the resources together, to even get the buses, the transportation, like and I'm 100 percent certain Martin Luther King was walking in his purpose. But that purpose is not free. Somebody had to pay for these buses. Somebody had to pay for this food. Somebody had to pay to get these people out of jail when they would get arrested. There was a lot of money that needed to be circulated. Somebody had to pay for the lights in the churches or the, wherever they meet it at. So I don't want anyone to ever think like, OK, you know, if I'm walking in my purpose, it's, it's not going to require finances. You know, you're going to need money. You're going to need to have a job. You're going to need to have income coming in. But understand that. Yes, you may be working at a job, but that job should be financing your purpose. That job should be fueling your purpose. You shouldn't just be doing that job and only that job if it's not your purpose. Now, if that job also happens to be your purpose, then that's an amazing thing. But it's very rare that you find that that like, OK, you know, I work at such and such a place and this it was my purpose to be here, you know, and it's your purpose to be there for the rest of your life, because, again, your life moves in seasons and you may be purposed to be there in one season and in the next season you need to be somewhere else. So it's very rare that you find the two co-occurring together at the same exact time. That's tough. You know, you don't always find that. But, 
Your job should be fueling your purpose. Don't ever look at a job like, yeah, you know, I ain't really trying to have a job and it's taken away from the time I have to really do what I want to do. Like your job is the first resource to invest into whatever it is you want to do. As much as I had unfortunate situations at this job, it was able to help me buy whatever equipment I needed. I paid my car off. I'm pretty much almost debt free except student loans, which is crazy. Biden, come through, do your thing. <laughs> come through and do your thing. But um, outside of that, this this having this job, even though it wasn't necessarily my purpose, helped to fuel my purpose and it helped to get me through a season in my life. So I don't ever look at it like this was a waste of my time. It served a purpose in my life. But now that that season is over, it's time to go. And if you're a person who feels, again, stuck at your job or, you know, they got you effed up, <laughs> you feel me? Like they wilding at the workplace because a lot of us, can, you know, they be wilding. <laughs> they really be wilding. Take it as a sign that it's time to go. You know, even as I made the decision to leave my job, it wasn't the easiest of decisions. I prayed on it. You know, I've talked to God about it. And then as I was sitting there on that Friday, I was applying to different jobs on Indeed. And, you know, me, I'm only clicking on it if it says apply with Indeed resume. If I got to do any extra work or go to the company site, it's slow for that. <laughs> so I click it, apply with Indeed resume. This is at like 1030 in the morning by 1230, maybe one o'clock. I'm coming off my lunch break. I'm already getting a call talking about. Yeah. So, you know, I have your resume right in front of me. And um, when would you like to talk? <laughs> so and that was before I walked in there and was like, yeah, I'm giving my two weeks. I gave him the letter, all that fun stuff. So that to me was just God saying, like, yo, Jordan, it's time. Let's do this. <laughs> don't don't look back because I was like, ah, maybe I'll give it to uh, May, June, I don't know, give it, get it, nah, nah, when it's time to go, it's time to go, you don't want to delay yourself, delay your purpose, and delay what God has for you, because you were sitting there double dutching, like, uh, I want to go, but is it the right time to go, and how I'm going to pay for this, and how I'm going to pay for that, and you got to just trust that God is going to provide for you, man, you know, even if this job didn't call me, you know, I'm in a position where I have money saved up that I'll be all right for a while. But trust that God got you, man. Uh, you know, trust that my man's is up there looking out for you. You know, you you can't sit there and be afraid. The worst thing you to do is and, and I posted it on the Daily Dimensions page. You don't want to sit there and regret like, oh, I wish I did this when I was younger. I wish I did this at such and such a time. Nah, man, don't do that. You're young now. Take that step. And even if you're a little bit older, take that step. Now, if you got a husband or a wife and a good number of kids, be a little bit more calculated. <laughs> Not everybody is in the greatest of situation to do that. Be a little bit more calculated. But still, you got to do things that scare you, man, because, you know, the opportunity for you to be great is on the other side of that thing that you're so worried about. The other side of that thing that you're afraid of or like you're going that that's keeping you up at night. The best part of your life, your purpose, your opportunity, everything that God has for you is on the other side of that. You just got to trust him with the details. You don't have to have it all figured out. But as long as you have a plan and you know what you're trying to do, 
make it happen, man. And you you pick up the pieces as you go along. You might have to call an audible, <laughs> switch it up, adjust on the fly. But you're going to be OK. <laughs> you're you're going to be fine, man. And, you know, I have a coworker when I was being interviewed for the job because they I was in grad school at the time. I've since finished. But they were hesitant to hire me because they were like, you know, we know you're in grad school and our fear is that you're going to get your master's degree and then that you're going to leave. And we want people to be here long term and we want longevity. And I told them straight up in the interview, I was like, because there was another coworker at the time who had been there for 12 years. And I was like, I don't see myself being here for 12 years like so and so. I'm not. <laughs> I was straight up and honest. You always got to be honest. Don't feel like you got to suck up to nobody to get no job. Don't do that. Be honest. Be yourself. Be transparent. I was like, I don't see myself being here for 12 years, but I do see myself serving a purpose here, gaining valuable experience and doing what I need to do. And in talking to this coworker, you know, he definitely feels stuck. He's even said like, you know, <laughs> candidly, he said to me, he also said to my other man's, uh, get out while you can. Like, don't get stuck here. Don't <laughs> don't let this become your only thing. And it's it's tough when you see people who feel like there's nothing more to their life than their current occupation. You don't ever want to be in a position in your life where it's like, well, this is what I got and I'm going to do it for the next 20 years and get Social Security and then I'll retire and uh, I'll be all right. You want more to your life than, okay, well, I went to school and got these student loans and all I did was work and then now I'm going to like retire and then maybe in like nine years I might pass away because I'm older now. <laughs> like, nah, life is entirely too short. Like, I don't know if anybody else feels it. You know, me as I'm recording this, I'm 27. I'm going to turn 28 in August. Life is short. <laughs> and I'd be talking to my coworkers who are all in their 40s, 50s, 60s. And they're like, well, you feel like that? You're you're a young. And nah, bro. <laughs> life isn't. I still remember being in first grade like it was yesterday. Nah, life is too short, fam. I can't keep playing. <laughs> we got it. We got to take these risks. We got to have some faith and we got to make these things happen, man. We We can't do it. And, you know, like I was saying before, you don't want to be in a job where. You feel like all there is to you is your occupation. You don't want to get paid enough to forget your dreams. You don't want to get paid enough that it's like, well, you know, I did want to do other things, but I don't want to lose the money I'm getting paid now. <laughs> and there's so many people like that. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I want to do something else, but th this is really good right now. And I don't want to go backwards. Or I, 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 what if I don't make it? And what if I don't do this? You're going to make it if you're determined enough. If your purpose is lined up, if you are prayed up on this situation and you're doing it for the right reasons, you're not just chasing after paper. You're not just chasing money. I promise you it's going to work. But if all you're doing is just chasing after money, chasing after a bigger W-2, a bigger tax return, a bigger bag, it's not going to work for you the way that you want it to. And even if it does work and it pans out for you financially, you're going to feel so empty inside because you did it for the wrong reasons. Chasing after money, even once you get it, leaves you so, so empty. You know what? what, what I have it written down. Where is it at? Bong. <laughs> what is it? Paper without purpose is pointless. My man, Mike Todd said that. Shout out to Mike Todd. 
my man be on point. But paper <laughs> without purpose is pointless. That's why you see so many people who are billionaires, uh, millionaires, whatever, that are well off and kill themselves because it wasn't about the money. They lacked purpose. They lacked something on the inside. Even this whole GameStop situation with people doing stocks and all that. You know, I know some of y'all have seen it in the news, but somebody got into a bad trade off of GameStop and killed themselves. <laughs> like money is not everything. If you got money and no purpose or the money is was all you cared about and the money gets messed up and now you feel like you got to kill yourself. Like, come on. Now you you idolizing the wrong things. You're chasing after the wrong things and you hustling backwards. It's not about the bag. And for whatever reason, pop culture, the music we listen to, the videos we watch, the, 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 the celebrities we idolize, we've idolized money. You got to get the bag, big Birkin bag, cost five, six figures. You feel me? <laughs> like everything is about money, but nobody is up there talking about what is my purpose? OK, yeah, you got the bag. You got the new this, the new that. Cool. But what is your purpose? And once you identify that and step into it, the bag is not even going to be the biggest thing to you. It's the impact. And if you could sit there and put a smile on somebody's face, touch somebody's heart, change somebody's life forever. That's going to stick with you long after the money because you can't take the money with you and <laughs> you can't take the money with you. And the impact you have on other people's lives is so much bigger than money, especially after you go. You look at anybody in your life who has passed away that you really loved and care about. I promise you, you didn't love and care about them because of the money. And you didn't go get them tatted on your body. You didn't sit there and cry about them because of their money. It was because of what they meant to you. So if that's how we feel about people who are no longer in our lives, then why are we still sitting here with breath in our lungs prioritizing money when that's not what we remember anybody in our life who was gone for? Money is not <laughs> is not the biggest thing, man. And again, if you feeling stuck at a job, it's because it's not your purpose, man. So I hope this message was able to touch somebody. You know, I had to be a little... <laughs> a little open about where I'm at right now, what's going on. I'm transitioning into new things. Hopefully, God willing, and I know something's going to happen for me, man. This is going to be my job. This is going to be my purpose full time, and this is what I'm going to step into. And again, from the beginning, shout out to Tay who came on last week, did the endometriosis interview. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I've been saying for a long time, I was like, yo, we need more women on the show. Plot twist. She wasn't the first woman I interviewed. <laughs> that title goes to another woman who is an amazing human being. You will see her and hear her on another episode coming soon. But I had to put Taze out first because it was it's endometriosis month. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> and I was like, the time period is just pertinent. We got to put it out in that. If you know anyone who is dealing with endo uh, or anything like that, just send that interview to them, share it with them. It may be something that inspires them, helps them through a difficult time, touches their heart or makes them more active, want to reach out, do some philanthropy, do something in the endo community, whatever it may be. So continue to move that forward. Again, if you're struggling with purpose, uh, Passion of Purpose is a great episode with Tyler Harris. Difficult, Not Impossible is a great episode. Continue to like, comment, subscribe. Rate me five stars on Apple. Continue to hold it down. I appreciate each and every person who 
listens to this podcast, man. Y'all keep me going. I really appreciate y'all. And uh, as always, man, till next time, this is Daily Dimensions. I'm your boy, Smitty. Peace.